Richard, Sicily, 
Have to listen to that one. Yeah, it's yeah, my, my nice, quiet little corner of Illinois. Just ma- making the rounds on the podcast. Yep. All right, folks, we got a nice one here for you. Um, I think we discussed this last week when we did um, Gato. Um, I had the 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 assassin soundtrack from the uh, the musical because I wanted to hear the song by John Wilkes Booth. Well, in one part of the the um, show or in, in the recording, here Mario came to me on talking about Richard Nixon. So, um, I want to say, and I. I forgot to put his first name in, so I think it was Edward. Uh, I gotta look up the. I can't. Um, can't believe I did this. It's what? Arthur. Arthur, okay, thank you. Yep, you're welcome. Making me look like a fool out here. Not that hard. No, it's not, folks. It's not. So, we're going to talk about Arthur Bremer. A little known, um, little known man, but he, he helped play a big role in history. Arthur Bremer was born in Milwaukee, which is Algonquin for the good land. Hey, sorry, every time I see Milwaukee, I, I gotta do the line from yeah. the world. Of course. Because it was delivered by my favorite performer, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper, yep. <laughs> I met him. <laughs> he got, um, the year I started at Grand Canyon, he got, um, no, a doctor from there. I um I met him at the Days of the Dead convention. I almost wanted him to do a DNA test to kind of prove that my father is not my father, but yeah. And he also does a Stuart Baker Avanti too. Yes, it looks awesome. So now let me make sure I write this name down so I remember it. So, Arthur was born in Milwaukee, the third of four sons to William and Sylvia Bremer. He was raised by his working class parents on the south side of Milwaukee, which is Algonquin, for the good land. And he lived in a dysfunctional household. Well, who in the hell did live in a dysfunctional household is my question. Who did it? Bremer stated, I would escape my ugly reality by pretending that I was living in a television family. And there was no yelling at home, and no one to hit me. Okay, yeah, I get that. I get that. So, I'm trying to think of when he, well, they don't have the date of his birth, but I'm pretty sure he was watching Leave with the Beaver, My Three Sons, I Love Lucy. Now, he did not make friends in school, where he was shunned and ostracized. 
Jerry, despite his problems, he graduated from from South Division High School in January of 69. I'm not even going to go for the joke there. Even grade after graduating from high school, he briefly attended Milwaukee Area Technical College, studying aerial photography, art, writing, and psychology, but dropped out after a semester. Ooh, aerial photography, that being, that's a nice gig to get into. Get up there in the plane, you can do like photographs of the, of, uh, the Packers at Lambeau Field. The Brewers at their stadium. I know my uncle. A um, couple of times he had aerial photographs done of the farm, and they used it as uh, Christmas cards. Now, Bruno was employed as a busboy at the Milwaukee Athletic Club from March of '69. From March of 1969, in '71. He was demoted to kitchen work after customers complained that he talked to himself and that he whistled and marched in tune with music played in the dining room. You bunch of stuck-up people. Damn. I mean, the man loves music. Well, just let him be. Angered by his demotion, Rummer complained to the program planner for the Milwaukee Commission on Community Relations. Well, they investigated and it was dismissed. He quit his job at the Athletic Club on, G on February 16th, 1972. On September 1st, 1970, he got a part-time job working as a janitor at Story Elementary School which he quit after almost 18 months on January 31st, 1972. On October 16th of 71, he moved from his parents' house after an argument and moved into a three-room, one-bedroom three one apartment near Marquette University where he lived until May, of 1970, or May 9th, 1972. Leaving the night of November 18th, 1971, he was arrested for carrying a concealed weapon and for parking in a new parking zone. Oh. A court-appointed psychiatrist declared Bremer mentally ill, yet stable enough to continue to live in the community. Bremer was released after paying a $30.50 fine. $38.50 for parking in a no parking zone and carrying a, a, a concealed weapon? Come on his days, right? <laughs> Yeah, I could have just reached in my wall and pulled out for a buck or here, keep the change. Yeah. On December 8th, 1971, he pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct. I wonder, I wonder what that was over. He was being disorderly. On January 13th of 72, I went into the Casanova gun shop in Milwaukee. And had bought a snub nosed Charter Arms undercover 38 caliber revolver for $90. Hey, that's cheap. Yep. After a short relationship ended, and he quit both of his jobs on March 1st of that year, Bremer began his assess an assassin's diary with the words It is my personal plan to assassinate by pistol either Richard Nixon or George Wallace. I intend to shoot one or the other while he attends a campaign rally for the Wisconsin primary. 
on April 10th, Robert traveled from Milwaukee to Ottawa, which Nixon was about to visit. Three days later, dressed in a business suit, wearing sunglasses, and with a revolver in his pocket, Robert went out intending to assassinate Nixon. But he couldn't find an opportunity to do so. Security was tight, making it impossible for him to get close enough to Nixon, and he also doubted whether any bullets would go through the glass of Nixon's limousine. Probably not. <laughs> I want to say the presidential limos are uh, bulletproof. Well, it wasn't, oh, yeah. Yeah. At least, yeah. Uh, right, because of Reagan, it bounced off the armor and went through. Yeah, but, yeah the little spacing, so. But yeah, they are the, the bulletproof glass. Let me tell you, Adelaide, this place has got me rough. On May 4th, 1972, which also happened to be the second anniversary of the Kent State Massacre. Oh, yeah. After a 10-day break from writing, Barbara realized it would be almost impossible to assassinate Nixon and decided that it was Wallace's fate to be his victim. Even though his diary entries never showed the same level of interest or enthusiasm every day with regard to assassinating Nixon. Barbara made yeah. this Interesting. Yeah. I know. He, meaning Wallace, certainly won't be burning with the snobs in Washington. I won't even rate it giving any interruption in Russia or New York when the news breaks. They never heard of Wallace. The following day, he checked out two books from the public library in Milwaukee, both detailing the assassinations of Senator Robert F. Kennedy by Tehran, yeah, which was Tehran by Abiy Shahid, and RFK Must Die by Robert Blair Kaiser. Despite his lack of enthusiasm early on the morning of May 9th, 1972, Robert took a car ferry to Ludington, Michigan, and visited the Wallace campaign headquarters in Silver Lake, Michigan. And a little while he's there, decided to offer to be a volunteer. That week, he attended a Wallace rally in Lansing and in Cadillac. Now, for those of you who may not know, uh, William, I want to say William, I could be, it could be wrong. But uh, Wallace was, George Wallace. George Wallace was uh, the Alabama senator that was against segregation, his big speech was segregation now, segregation today, segregation forever. So in the 70s, he decided to run for president on a, in a third-party segregationist ticket because he could get the Southern vote. Well, this was like also, you know, you were still dealing with the Civil Rights era. You got busing going on, integrated schools. You know, he was playing up to uh, the fears of the white rural community of the South. Along with somebody else. Yeah. And it's not me. I listen to Kissinger. On the afternoon of May 13th, Kalamazoo police received an anonymous phone call saying a suspicious looking person had been sitting in a car near the National Guard armory. One question, Bremer said he was waiting for the Wallace rally to begin and wanted to get a good seat. 
He was photographed at the rally that evening where he had a clear opportunity to shoot his target, but according to, the, to his diary, he did not do so because he might have shattered some glass and brought in some stupid 15-year-olds who stood nearby. As Lord knows you can't go blind in 15-year-olds. The following day, Burma set off for Maryland and made his final diary entry. He turned up in Wheaton, Maryland, for Wallace's new appearance at the Wheaton Plaza for a shopping center rally on May 15, 1972. He was dressed in dark glasses, patriotic red, white, and blue, wearing his new campaign button which said, Wallace in 72. He strongly applauded Wallace, in contrast with many others present, who heckled and taunted the speaker. God, I wish I could have been there. That would have been so fun. That would have been so great to hear. Two tomatoes were thrown at Wallace during the rally, but both missed. Based on this reception, Wallace refused to shake hands with anyone present, denying Burma the opportunity to carry out his plan. Now, at a second rally at the Royal Shopping Center, 16 miles away in Royal, Maryland, there was minor heckling, but it did not last. About a thousand people were present. They were mostly quiet, and it was generally a friendly crowd. After he had finished speaking, Wallace shook hands with some of those present against the advice of the Secret Service guards. At approximately 4 p.m., Burma pushed his way forward, aimed his 38 revolver at Wallace's abdomen and opened fire, emptying the weapon before he could be subdued. He hit Wallace four times. Now, Wallace had fallen back and lost a pint of blood going into a mild state of shock. One bullet lodged in his spinal cord. Ooh. The other bullets hit Wallace in the abdomen and chest. Three others present were wounded unintentionally. State Trooper Captain E.C. Dowdard, Wallace's personal bodyguard who was shot in the stomach, Dora Thompson, a campaign volunteer who was shot in the leg, and Nick Zavros, a Secret Service agent. Zavros was shot in the neck and his speech was severely impaired following the shooting. He probably sounded like this. Hey, everyone. How are you doing? Burma had planned to yell his carefully chosen catchphrase. A pity for your thoughts, as he shot Wallace. However, in the heat of the assassination attempt, he forgot to do so. Don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> you, have the, you have the perfect opportunity, and you miss it. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. A television camera captured footage of the shooting. After emptying his revolver, Burma was arrested to the ground and then arrested. After searching Burma's car, police described it as a hotel on wheels. This reminds me of the scene in the middle. When yeah. His car has all died. I have, unfortunately, my father has looked like that. In it, they found blankets, pillows, a blue scale 9mm 13 shot Browning high power semi automatic pistol, binoculars, a woman's umbrella, a tape recorder, a portable radio with police band, an electric shaver, photographic equipment, a garment bag with several changes of clothes, a toiletry kit, a 1972 copy of a writer's yearbook. And the two books he borrowed from the Milwaukee Public Library ten days earlier. 
Yeah, you why do you do that before you get a late charge? Yeah, right? Wait. Second, hope they got it back. General Seymour Hirsch claimed that several recordings of Nixon proved that within hours of the assassination attempt, the president and the top aide dispatched a political operative, Ian Howard Hunt, who rushed to Milwaukee with plans to surreptitiously enter Bremer's apartment and played the campaign literature of Democratic contender George McGovern. According to Hirsch, Hunt aborted the operation because the FBI had sealed off Bremer's apartment prior to his arrival. This is what I want to do. That crazy SOB, he tried to shoot Wallace. Wallace make it look like he works for McGovern. Yeah. I think McGovern was his running, uh, his opponent in that election. Mm -hmm. However, <laughs> a 2007 analysis of the Nixon case by the History News Network did not, about, did not turn up any evidence of the clandestine operation described by her. While the case did bear that Nixon had instructed presidential aide Charles W. Colson to anonymously spread the false rumor that there was unmistakable evidence that Bremer had been a supporter of McGovern and Kennedy, there was no apparent trace of Nixon tasking subordinates with entering Bremer's apartment to plant Democratic campaign materials. His subsequent trial in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, was condensed to five days and was held only two and a half months after he had shot Wallace, beginning on July 31st, 1972. The defense argued that Bremer had schizophrenia and was legally insane at the time of the shooting, and that he had no initial capacity to understand anything. Arthur Marshall, for the prosecution, told the court that Bremer, while disturbed and in need of psychiatric help and treatment, knew what he was doing, had been seeking glory and was still sorry that Wallace had not died. Okay, Jonas Rappaport. More relation to the Jonas Brothers. The chief psychiatrist for the circuit court in Baltimore, who spent a total of nine hours with Bremer in June of 72 on four occasions, said Bremer had a schizoid personality disorder with some paranoid and psychopathic features. God, this sounds familiar. I must be on the roll lately with finding people that sound so much like him. I, I gotta stop doing this. Not not stop podcasting, but just finding people that sound like my father. I'm sure people are going, aww. Into right. Guy does have one fan on, on the Facebook page. Uh, but also stated that this didn't substantially impair his capacity to understand the criminality of his actions. On August 4, 1972, the jury of six men and six women took 95 minutes to reach their verdict. He was sentenced to 63 years in prison for the shooting for shooting Wallace and three other people. When asked if he had anything to say, Burma replied, Well, Mr. Marshall? Oh, well, Mr. Marshall mentioned that he would like society to be protected from someone like me. Looking back on my life, I would have liked it if society had protected me from myself. That's all I have to say at the moment. The sentence was reduced to 53 years on September 
1972 afternoon appeal. On July 6, 1973, his second appeal to have the sentence reduced further was rejected. Now, although his actions, arrest, trial, and conviction attracted media and public attention, now he soon faded into comparative obscurity. As he predicted in May of 72, he did not reach the level of infamy of Lee Harvey or John Wilkes Booth, both of whom were the assassinated presidents. Because, I'm sorry, Lee Harvey is the man. Well, not really, but I mean, I would have I loved to have heard Lee Harvey. Hey. What was that, huh? He's the one that started it all. Everybody just was a follower. Yeah, John Wilkes started it. Yeah, so. Actually, the guy who tried to assassinate Jackson started it. But for the successful part. Yes, for success, it, you go to... Um, um, yeah, John was successful, then Gato, then Kozlov, and Lee Harv. Well, Lee Harv had the best getaway. Because Kozlov and, um, and Gato were caught right there at the site. Booth got away, broken leg, he got away. What we will cover Booth, I just gotta find time to write about him. Now, one other than a 13 page portion of Bremer's diary was published in 73 as an assassin's diary. It covers the period from April 4, 72 which, incidentally, was the day on which George McGovern won the Wisconsin primary to the day before Burma shot Wallace, leading to his arrest. On August 26, 1980, an earlier part of Burma's diary dated from March 1st to April 3rd, 1972, was found where he had concealed it, heavily wrapped in a plastic suitcase at the foot of Milwaukee's 27th Street Viaduct. In it, Bremer discusses his desire to kill Nixon, Wallace was clearly a secondary target, and fantasies about killing unnamed individuals who have angered him. He also imagines opening fire at random at the corner of 3rd Street and Wisconsin Avenue downtown. The diary was eventually sold to an, to an official of the University of Alabama at Birmingham who donated it to UAB's Reynolds Historical Library. God, I would love to read that. Burma's assassination attempt did not end Wallace's political career. Wallace was subsequently elected governor of Alabama twice in 74 and 82. However, the result of the assassination attempt, combined with changes in Wallace's personal and general political circumstances, ended his presidential aspirations. Public concerns over Wallace's health meant he would never again, he would never gain the momentum he had in the 72 campaign. He entered the presidential election race in 76, but withdrew early to lack of significant support. Now, Wallace forgave Burma in August of 95 and wrote to him expressing the hope that the two could get to know each other better. Well, Burma didn't reply since he was still in jail, and Wallace died on September 13, 1998. He served his sentence at the Maryland Correctional Institution in Hagerstown. Bremer was placed in solitary confinement for 30 days after a fight on October 6, 1972. He was reprimanded after another fight in December 1972 
and then placed in solitary again for three days after a third fight in February of 73. In prison, he declined to receive mental health treatment or evaluation. He worked in the prison library and was described by the chairman of the Maryland Parole Commission, David Greenberg, as complied and unobtrusive. He was visited multiple times by his parents before he died. According to 1997 parole records, psychological testing indicated releasing him would be risky. You think? He argued in his June 1996 hearing that cheating segregationist dinosaurs wasn't as bad as harming mainstream politicians. He was released from prison on November 9, 2007, at the age of 57, having served 35 years of his original sentence. His probation ends in two years, in 45. Conditions of his release include electronic monitoring and staying away from elected officials and candidates. He must undergo a mental health evaluation and receive treatment if the state deems it necessary, and may not leave the state without written permission from the state agency that will supervise him until the end of his probation. Well, I'm pretty sure they need to stay away from political candidates. Yeah. He's probably locked up in a basement somewhere. Like, the shooting happened the day after my parents got married. Oh, nice. Your mom and dad are getting ready to go on their honeymoon in some whack job sheets, George Wallace. Exactly. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I know your mom has posted pictures, but, um, did they go to Italy? Bermuda. Okay. Oh, they went somewhere nice. Yeah. Bermuda, Bahama, Canada, Florida, Key Largo, Monkey, um, Wallaby. God, my sister yeah. played, the, played the hell out of that cassette tape. Yeah, I'm just seeing some more pictures because she was going through some slides. Like, what to keep and what to get rid of. And right, I mean... Well, how I didn't slides and I... Right, they were You know, they were getting ready to, um... You know, go on a plane, go down to, um... Go down to the... Go down to the Bahamas... And some whack job sheets walls, so. Mm -hmm. Hopefully yeah. well, it's near, um, more closer to North Carolina, actually. Still, it's in the ocean. The pirates, yeah. used, the pirates used to live there. It's all good. Yeah. That's what I think is funny. So many people go down to the Caribbean and they're like, oh, these are beautiful. I'm like, you guys don't realize this was a pirate haven back in the 1500s, do ya? No? Yep. Okay. I'm sure if I were to... I see that in the clothes grave. That's... Is she buried down there? Yeah, she's in the Bahamas, because that's where her son died. Yeah, she was down there. Oh, yeah. And then the son died, and they just buried the son there, which he had never even been to the Bahamas before. And she is a, well, I can't say is because she's deceased, but that woman was a train wreck. 
Which, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if there's a crime involved in it. I know she's a nut job. Yeah, well, like, what's this? Um, like, her lawyers, like, yeah. I think it was, like, another one, like, with Jackson and Presley getting, like, doped up so they can control them. Oh, yeah. Right. But, no, this, I, like I said, I remember hearing about this guy, and, you know, he's some name I pulled out of, you know, I was doing a Google search one day. I wanted to do Harry Pierpont, one of um, Dylan's boys, but it, you know, I was like, I might hold off on this one. Yeah. So, uh, just keeping up on the disinformation about the sub. Okay. And, and, uh, and also all the memes floating around about the sub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, again, I, was, I wanted to look up Chandra Rooney, but I'll, I'll get to that later. That poor guy. That was huge. Yeah, 2001. They still, like, technically, oh, I don't know, not spoiler or whatever, but they got what they did about us, they don't go there. It was in jail for it. Right, but, I mean, she still would have been in the news if uh, 9-11 hadn't happened. Oh, exactly, yeah, uh-huh. You know, that's yeah. the only thing that knocked her out of the news was 9-11. Yeah. Yeah, because that was the biggest story in the summer that year. Right, and then, uh, but, I, I mean, I, I plan on doing a, covering her because her, her story was just all over the place. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to end this one, folks. Uh, you know where to find us. Check your podcasting apps. We're there. Find us on Facebook. Oh, yeah. The North Hollywood ad in the pictures. Oh, yeah. I saw those. Those look nice. Yeah. Those, those, yeah. Look, those look really good. I wonder if Jimmy knew they were telling us to picture. I'm like, I'm like, like, stand here. Right. I told my therapist I wanted to go tour New England. I wanted to take Dean with me to a fall, fall River to see the board in the house. Because mm-hmm. I went away on the couch with her standing over me with the hatchet. Yeah. But, you know where to find us. Look for us on Facebook. Find us on the on the apps. We're killers, cults, and nut jobs. I'm Scotty J. Say good night, Monica. Good night, Monica. <laughs>